Hey, listeners, we've got a great offer for you today from audible.com. Audible.com is offering our listeners a free audiobook download just by going to audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. You get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial, and you can find a book like uh, The Watership Downs about rabbits. It's a great book. Read it in middle school. Um, there's other books on there um, like The Canterbury Tales. So go check it out again at audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth podcast. This is Justin Castle calling in from New York City, New York. Don't forget to check us out at WTEpodcast.com. And I'm Mike Margulies calling in from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, and our guest today is Diana Edelman. Diana, what's up? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Diana <laughs> Diana's also, uh, also here in Chiang Mai, but calling literally from the comfort of her own bed. Um, <laughs> and so Diana... Um, Diana, you are doing several things out here in Chiang Mai. You're a digital nomad doing some freelance writing. You're also a travel blogger at your site, dtravelsround.com. And you're also a volunteer uh, with the Save Elephant Foundation um, and their Elephant Nature Park. So you've got your hand in a whole bunch of things out here in Chiang Mai. <laughs> I, I definitely do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I guess you were telling us before, uh, before we started recording here, I guess some of your backstory, which was... I, thought really interesting and compelling, but I'd love to like, I think listeners would love to hear about that for sure. Sure. Well, um, I don't think I coined this phrase, but I like to think I did, but it's the 30 life crisis. <laughs> and when I turned 30, I had said 30 life crisis. Um, <laughs> I had been working in PR in Vegas and then I moved to Atlanta, thought I had a dream job in Atlanta in an amazing city. Um, and I finally, for my 30th birthday, took a vacation for the first time in my grown-up, grown-up life mm -hmm. and went to Croatia for 10 days. And uh -huh. sitting on a beach in Split, I had met a, an Australian guy who had spent a lot of his 20s volunteering and had just relocated to Split to work at a hostel. And we sat and talked, and he was basically explaining to me his philosophy on life, which is you have to live. And you go, you don't go through the moments, you don't work, 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 you live. And so when you're old, you know, you look back on your life and you know that you did everything you damn well could. And mm. I sat there on the beach and I listened to him and I thought, ah, oh, shit, this is not what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm going through the motions. I'm working, you know, I'm living to work. I'm not working to live anymore. And there's a problem with that. Mm -hmm. So when I got back from Croatia, I went through this I've got to get out of town phase. I started a blog just for me, just because I loved writing, mm -hmm. um, and tried to figure out a way to leave the country. So it turns out um, I did what is called a career break. Didn't know that's what it was called at the time, but oh, okay. it's a career break. <laughs> a break that became I more than just a break, job. it sounds. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not a vacation, it's long term. Um <laughs> I quit my job, I put all my stuff in storage, um, I had someone foster my cats, and I booked a ticket to uh, London uh, a few months after I got back from Croatia, and I left. And so I traveled seven months through Europe and parts of Africa, uh, pretty much by myself, you know, meeting people along the way. And after seven months, I came back, uh, came back to America, 
I'm back to my good old house in Maryland. Yeah, yo. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we're all from like the same place, pretty much. <laughs> I had to give a shout out. Very, it's a small world. <laughs> it's a small it state, is. too. <laughs> yeah, a small yeah, state. Yeah, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I went back to Maryland and went through that, oh, crap, what am I going to do now phase? Like, I knew I didn't really want to do PR. I knew I wanted to travel. I had been keeping up my blog, so um, decided that it made the most sense for me to go back to my second home, which is Vegas. So I moved back to Vegas, got a job um, with an old client of mine. They hired me to be the director of communications for a restaurant group. Cool. It was a part-time job, so it was perfect for me. So I was doing their PR and media and, um, and also writing. So I did that for about a year, um, knowing it was never permanent. And then for my 32nd birthday, I went to Thailand and volunteered for a week at Elephant Nature Park. And while I was there, there was an elephant. Uh, she had only been rescued maybe half a year earlier, and she was not doing well. Um, my second to last day, uh, we were brought over to where she was because she had laid down. And once an elephant lays down, um, if they don't get up rather within about 24 hours, it can cause internal damage and can eventually kill them. And um, typically... You know, if an elephant lays down and doesn't want to get up, it's because the the, the animal is, is close to the end of their life. Okay. And so I was there, and we were trying to make her comfortable, getting her sandbags, spraying her with water, and seeing that and knowing that there, she, wasn't, she wasn't really old. Elephants can live, you know, basically as long as humans, and seeing her and knowing that her... What was going on with her was a direct result of the life she lived because of trekking and because of people riding her um, really just kind of triggered something in me. And it made me realize mm. that, you know, yes, I have this blog and yes, I want to travel and yes, I want to write, but I can do all three things and I can educate people at the same time and teach them more about responsible tourism, teach them about the realities, not only of elephant tourism, but animal tourism in general. Okay. So. I went back to uh, Vegas and had this newfound passion and started writing about elephant tourism and educating anybody I could. Um, and then maybe about four months later, I had enough clients where I was able to quit my job um, doing what I was doing. And, and it's actually funny because I had told my employer that I just wasn't happy there anymore. And he actually on the phone with me said, you're only 30. It doesn't matter if you're happy. <laughs> um, so I was like, actually, yes, it does. And I'm not happy and I want to be happy. So I'm making these changes in my life so I can be happy. So I quit, quit what, the job, went, what? went into business for myself. And then uh, I emailed the founder of Save Elephant Foundation, uh, Lech Tyler, right around the same time and said, look, you know, um, Chiang, Mai, Chiang Mai is on my top places I want to relocate to. It's a great place to be a digital nomad, but really mm. what I want to do is help you. And I don't care if I'm scooping poop. I don't care if I'm making <laughs> pumpkin balls for the elephants or banana balls. I just, I want to come and I want to help you. And about three weeks later, she said, come on out. So right. wow. I've been in Chiang Mai for two years now, volunteering uh, for SEF, doing their PR and social media. And at the same time, um, working on my site, um, writing for other sites as well and just combining the everything I love into every day of my life. That's amazing. That's that's my <laughs> nutshell story. <laughs> yeah. 
that's, wow, that's, that's awesome. A, that's a jam-packed story. <laughs> it is. I tried to keep it. I tried to keep it short and not talk too fast. But sorry, <laughs> no, that's perfect. No. That was amazing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's uh, it definitely ties in with what we talk about a lot on the show. Is just you know, no, you shouldn't just be unhappy. You know, go and be yeah. happy. Um, and mm-hmm. so you went. Uh, you're another great example of going and doing that thing, and you certainly kind of found something that's obviously something you're really passionate about. Actually, as it turns out. I, you and I met through mutual friends who work with uh, work with you over at the uh, Elephant Nature Park, um, and I, you know, I I met with them and they're I, you know, they they're working with the dogs actually. So you guys at the Elephant Nature Park have taken care of uh, formerly abused elephants and dogs. Um, yep. And it's yeah I think for, I've heard a lot. I actually haven't been yet myself to the Elephant Nature Park, but from everything I hear, it sounds like. Um, Everything you guys are doing is really wonderful, um, and you kind of you touched on this a little bit. Kind of uh, these elephants came from uh, they were being abused, or mm-hmm. uh, yes, here in Thailand, there's a lot of places that um, have animal tourism and that kind of thing. And so, what you guys are doing is is really out of a really nice thing, um, you, you know, protecting them and doing this, uh, being more responsible with all this stuff. So, yeah, definitely commend you for everything that's going on in Elephant Nature Park, for sure. Well, Lex amazing. She, she, it's her passion. It's her, you know, it's, it's her life. And it's just, a, it's a privilege to be able to be a part of that, you know, because mm-hmm. she's, she's phenomenal. And, and her love is just never ending. You know, she, every animal is, is, is a child to her and it's mm. beautiful to see. That's great. Yeah. And it's, um, it's good because there is a lot of this kind of, you know, animal tourism that goes in here. Actually, I myself, uh, I'll admit right now, back in the first time I came to Chiang Mai in January, I went to the uh, the Tiger Kingdom out here. And so for those mm-hmm. who, um, yeah, and so people don't know what the Tiger Kingdom is. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Um, <laughs> it's this place where you go and the whole catch is, hey, you get to like uh, hang out with a tiger. You get to like take a picture next to a tiger, pet it, all this stuff. Um, and so at the time, I guess I just didn't think much of it. I was hanging out, um, yeah, I was here and fresh here and it sounded like a cool experience. But I got out there and like I immediately regretted this, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just looking around like, this is fucked up, you know. Yeah. We've got these <laughs> tigers that are essentially they're all drugged up so that you know Are they? So they don't yeah, definitely. They've I would say they've gotta be. Uh that you agree with that, Diana? I'd... Um I don't support animals in captivity <laughs> yeah well that too that's the that's the thing i was like wait yeah. we've got these like slaves essentially like we've got these animals yeah. that just hang out in a cage and just for our entertainment um and it's like i don't know it's i guess we tend to like look at animals as inferior a lot of the time and all this stuff and right uh, I, I guess mm-hmm. i'm not going to go in too much of a uh on this for too much but that's what struck me personally when i was there i was kind of thinking like Wait, what is going on here? This is yeah. weird, you and, know. And that's you know that's really that's really messed up. And also, I don't know if you are aware of this because you've been out of the country for the past year. But yeah, have you, you've heard about the selfies thing that was like a thing where people were seeking out tigers and other animals and taking selfies with them for um, I don't know, like online dating profiles. Like that was a thing in the U.S. Oh, it was disgu- it was absolutely disgusting. Mm. I, I don't care if you did it and you're listening to this. I, I think that's stupid. And I don't I think it's obnoxious. And I, I, I can't believe it was a thing. That's all I'm saying. That's, 
I think it's it's it speaks volumes about the people because you know I work in animal rights and it's it's always interesting to me to hear people justify things like that. You know, it's it's well, I'm selfish. I'm this. I'm that. And people know, you know, that that these animals probably don't have good lives. Probably have had some form of abuse, but they don't care because it's all about what they want. It's about that picture, you know. So I always right. try to encourage people to kind of step out of them and kind of be a little bit more global, you know, right. and hey, you know, because these places are in operation because people want those selfies, right. you know, exactly. they want they want that Facebook story, they want that blog post, you know, they want that romantic idea of like being with a wild animal who's not wild, they're clearly captive, clearly have, you know, oftentimes their spirit's been broken so they can't be wild again right. you know and that's what's important and it's it's um i'm actually quite horrified that that was a trend in america yeah <laughs> that's just i am terrible too. i am too mm. and honestly like if i were to see a profile with somebody who did that and i know that i know kind of have an idea of of what they had to go through to do that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even talk to this person in the first place. Yeah. So especially on a dating site, it's like, all yeah. right, left, left swipe. If you're on Tinder, I was just gonna say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> on Tinder. <laughs> left swipe. Sorry. <laughs> Not gonna I just see. reinstalled Tinder. Actually, I was going to give it a try out oh. here. Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai <laughs> Tinder. Tinder, Chiang Mai style. The, the, the difficulty with um, using Tinder out in uh, Thailand is, or any dating site out here is, you know, a lot of local girls tend to be either uh, that are interested in farang in the foreigners. A lot of them are either ladyboys or prostitutes. Oh. Um, yep. So you have to like be careful out in Thailand using any kind of, any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. What it, Diana? What's your experience? I mean, you've been overseas for several years now. What's your experience with the? <laughs> Um, I don't know if you're gonna, how personally we're going to get, but dating internationally. <laughs> well, funny, you should ask. I actually have another website, and it's called The Comfort Zone Project. <laughs> and it's all about life in Chiang Mai and getting out of your comfort zone. So um, I've written quite a bit about dating in Chiang Mai. <laughs> huh. And um, give us, the give us, the, Give us the juicy stuff. Give us the juicy stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, like what are your there's tips? There's not that much juicy stuff because it's really hard, actually, to date in this country. Um, of most, for the most part, and this is going to be very general, so I apologize, but for the most part, Thai men aren't interested in Western women. Okay. And the Western men that come here are interested mostly in Thai women. So it's <laughs> wow. it kind of just makes people like me just kind of, like, fade into the background. Oh, <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, it's I don't mind it at all. I mean, I go on dates. I still, you know, I mean, it's it's not like I don't meet people here, right. but it's not mm, a normal dating life out here for sure. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird for dudes as well, though. You know, like the yeah the what I you know what I was saying before is kind of things drawing from a personal experience like mm-hmm. uh, I'll go into a little bit of a personal story why not um Do it. a few months a few months ago Wait, I was the in time Chiang you Mai. went home with a ladyboy on accident <laughs> <laughs> not a ladyboy on accident but I did go home with a prostitute by accident nice. <laughs> um oh. yeah um like there's this weird thing that happens I, I was out it was a few months ago like after Songkran um this and I was out at you know one of the bars out here I started talking to this girl uh you know a Thai girl um just a girl at the bars with her friends, you know, seems normal to me. We went out to several different bars together. We got food together, bought her a few drinks. 
uh, you know, I just thought, you know, it was, hey, this is a girl. Hey, she's into me. Um, and it's just, I guess there's a weird thing here where some of the girls, uh, they're, they're like half prostitutes, half not. Like they combine, you know, like a night out with their friends with like, hey, if I pick up a Farang guy, maybe I can make a buck or two. And at the time, maybe I should have known better, but I didn't understand this at the time. So like, I just thought this girl like actually liked me. And so we ended up going home. And then like, you know, once we're in my room, she says, okay, you pay now. And I was just like, oh, wait, wait, excuse me? What? I thought maybe, you know, she, her English wasn't perfect, so I thought maybe I misunderstood. Uh, and then she's kind of like, um, no, no boom, boom, free. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. <laughs> uh, true story. I, I feel bad because I was kind of like a dick to her after that. I was just like, you know, get the fuck out sort of thing. But um, uh, so I feel kind of bad because it was, I feel like it was probably on me. I should have known better. You know? Oh, I see. But um, but it's it's so I don't know. The point is, as a guy, there's pitfalls here as well. <laughs> yeah. It sounds kind of deceitful a little bit, you know. Um, well, from our perspective, uh, it Westerners, seems, it's, it's deceitful. It's, if you met a girl in the, in the U.S. and uh, after you hung out for a while, and then she came back with you, she says, "Oh yeah, by the way, you have to pay me." You would feel it's deceitful, but you have to understand this is a whole different culture here, right. and yeah. so yeah, it's. I'm not going to like jump. It's the normal. And it's on her. And it's yeah. acceptable. You know, that's, and that's yeah. the thing. It's, and it, when I first came here, I had a really hard time with it because they have, um, what they call sex pads here. And it's, yes. you know, the, it's basically, it's men that come here and they are coming looking for maybe not a bar girl, but a Thai wife. You know, they, they want, they want to have somebody and, you know, uh, a lot of times, um, it's the, economy here isn't great you know it's the women end up having to take care of of their families back in in their villages and stuff so these guys come in and they pay a dowry and they marry these women and they pay for they pay for everything for them uh -huh. and when i first came here i was so it bothered me yeah. you know and the whole and the whole prostitution thing really bothered me but it's such a part of the culture here and it you know it's 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 not for me to take my western morals and ideology and and look at this because it's oh it's acceptable here you know okay. so it was it was a tough yeah. tough thing for me to get used to now i'm used to it you know like i i have bar girls that are that are, you know are friends and it's okay you know right yeah. Yeah. we don't get into details you know but it's 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 a normal thing and you know it, i may not necessarily agree with it i certainly don't want to be a bar girl right um but right. it's you know it's it's it is what it is. And, you know, it's not even necessarily, like, just a thing culturally out here. Like, even within the U.S., you know, if someone who's, like, for example, super rich, um, you know, yeah. some super rich guy goes out and girls, you know, you call them gold diggers in the U.S. They'll come and look for yep. them and whatnot. That happens in the U.S. And here, it's not a very dissimilar thing because you're a Westerner no. showing up to Thailand. You're very rich by the standards out here. So oh, it's like okay. it's a very similar thing that you would see if a, a super rich guy is walking around in the States, too. Right. Yeah, you know? it's exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. the trophy wives and the rich husbands. Okay. I, so, so yeah. <laughs> I guess if you, I guess if you see it from that perspective, I, I mean, I, I, I understand it more so, but it's still, I mean, coming from the U.S. and being raised here, it's, it is a yeah. little, you know, um, it, it's not common. It, it, it's, a yeah. little, it's just a little eye opening. Um, yeah. Who? I mean, who, who is? Oh, who? I, I do want to ask this, and we'll say. What is who's doing this? Who's coming to Thailand just to do that to meet these people, pay these dowries? Is is it like oh, um, many people? Uh, 
It depends, you know, a lot, it, it really depends. I mean, it's, it's, it's people of all ages and it's not just them doing that. Like, um, I was talking to a guy here and it turns out, you know, he came here, he went down south to Pattaya so he could just have a week of just, you know, balls to the wall, Debauchery. party party with the, yeah, <laughs> and just pay for sex a week. And then he came up here and it turns out he is married back in the States huh. and, um, just didn't tell his wife he came to Thailand. Wow. Holy crap. He was on a, and as, and I clear, like, he's not a person I would ever speak to again. Um, turns out like he was on a top secret vacation and huh. it was so like, I was horrified by that, you know, like just, yeah. just the fact that that happened, but it's, those are, I mean, it's people like that that come here. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all sorts. I think it's the, that, that thing or that, those relationships don't discriminate on on age or you know romantic situation or anything. It's it could be any guy. That's you're you're right. You're absolutely right. The person you know people are have infidelity. All there's people all across the world who commit infidelity all the time. Yeah. And don't don't bat you know bat an eye. So yeah, I guess he's one of those people. But like is is why? Do you, I I don't you can't answer you can't answer this question. I'm sure. But why? <laughs> Why do you think it's in, you know, the Thai culture? Why do you, th is it, is Thailand that poor? Is it, is it the, or is it just how the evolution of the culture was? Or it, they, they feel, um, do you have a sense tough. on that? I mean, my, from what I gather from talking to women here and talking to men, like Western men here that have Thai wives or, you know, have, have done the bar girl thing. It is, it's because, um, you know, the the salary here, people don't make a lot of money. And these Western guys come in with, 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 with Western money and they can help. They can they can help mm. support a girl and her family because at the end right. of the day, it's 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 the daughter's job once to take care of her family. And so, you know, you know, I mean, some of my really good friends that are Thai, they have to send money back to their family in, in their home village every month to help because because they can't afford it. So, yeah. um, I think a lot of it's based on, on, on money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, you know, I, I would also add, you know, although prostitution is not something for me personally, I'm not going to say someone who chooses to be a prostitute or to use a prostitute, they're not, um, you know, that doesn't make them morally a bad person. You know, so a girl who want, who's found, Hey, there's all these farang here and I can, like you said, I can support yeah. my family. Uh, right. I'm not, she, I don't look down on her for that. Like, yes, at the time yeah. when this happened to me, I was pissed off and I was taken yeah. aback by what happened to me because it wasn't, you know, to my expectation of what that interaction was. But, you know, yeah. objectively, like a girl who's, you know, it, it's just some, we have this view, like we turned prostitution into this like evil, bad thing. Right. Um, our, and it's not country. for you, it's not, it's not, you know, whoever's not for, it's not for, but exactly. it's not objectively like a bad thing, a morally bad thing. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think that's that's kind of a Western thing that we've been like uh, kind of tainted to believe that, oh, this yeah. is, these people are somehow inferior morally or something. And it's you know, that's not really yeah. true. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is definitely a cultural difference for sure. It's a societal difference and nor, you know, where the norm falls and the norm yeah. falls. And our, in a, you know, when our upbringing and where we're from, Mar you know, Maryland uh, <laughs> in the one of the 13 original colonies where these religious people came to escape persecution, you know, established this country. And that's, you know, that's where we're coming from. 
So it, it you know, just hearing it is kind of, you know, take it, it definitely. It, there's some conflict that arises in the, my brain immediately when I hear all these yeah. these things. So, and you know, I, I guess if if that's what these people have to do, I I feel like it's an unfortunate thing for them that they have to do it to support their families. But if it's if it's so ingrained in the in yeah, but they society. might not even view it as unfortunate, you know? Right. Yeah, like, oh, no. It's just okay. a thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it is, it's, it's the life here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and it, okay. Then it's, yeah, it's just hard to take yeah. it in, I guess, you know, because I'm but, not used and, to you it. Know, it's, it's not every, it's not everybody, you know, it's, 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 I certainly know plenty of, of Thai people that are in relationships with other Thai people, right. you know, it's, it's just one facet of the relationships that go on here. Gotcha. Right. I gotcha. Right. So, yeah. So, so bringing it back to the, the traveling aspect. So the, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, what? what is this thing? Um, <laughs> so like, uh, so there's, you know, traveling on the road and, and having relationships while, you know, in Thailand and whatnot, it sounds like, you know, the whole culture of, of, Thai, you know, Chiang Mai and the, and it's transient state and all these different people, I guess it isn't, from your both of your experiences is it conducive to having a relationship it sounds like the answer maybe not really is that the case uh, it depends I you know, I'm, yeah go ahead I was say, i'm going with at least as as a female here um i'm gonna go with no it's not really conducive okay. um you know it, this is an incredibly transient city as an expat people come and go all the time um now with the new or not new visa rules but with the crackdown on visas, uh, people really can't stay that much longer anymore unless they have a legitimate reason to be here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's quite tough to have longstanding relationships of any sort, be it, you know, friends or, or, or you know, partners. Um, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just, it's difficult. And I'll, I'll offer, my answer to that question would be, I guess it's, my experience is varied. So, uh, and I've been and I've been in and out of Chiang Mai a few times. I've spent a few months here, not all at once, but I've had different experiences, different times. So recently, um, I haven't been uh, exactly swimming in it as far as like romantic relationships. Hence, uh, I downloaded Tinder again. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too, Mike. Me too. <laughs> um, but I I will say the last time I was in Chiang Mai um, in in, uh, in May. Uh, I did get involved with someone, and I did have a very meaningful, nice relationship uh, with the girl that I met here. Um, and so versus other places, when I was doing like, the more hardcore backpacking, there were people that tended to stay in Chiang Mai longer than they stayed other places. But that said, yeah. that particular relationship, uh, you're right, Diana, because it is still ultimately transient because that particular relationship kind of came to its close when she went back home. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I guess I agree with you. I've had different experiences myself, different times where I've had more luck romantically and less luck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I guess that is a challenge that it is transit. There are, do you think, Diana, though, that there are, there are a fair amount of expats that stay for a while? I guess your take is after a year, though, they'll kind of be out or something. Well, you yeah. know, it's, uh, you know, well, especially the past, like, almost a year now, like, I've kind of just not cared anymore. So I haven't gone out. I haven't tried. You know, like, I'll go on dates and stuff, but I don't, I'm not, I don't care right now. So I haven't, hmm. I haven't really looked to see. Lately, I mean, but that being said, you know, I've had relationships here. I mean, I've, it's, it's just a little bit more difficult because the, I guess, meeting the Western men here 
that are interested in a Western woman is a lot less. Um, and there's a lot more, uh, female, Western females, you know, going for that one guy that wants a Western girl, you know? So (laughs) it's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, I just use now just kind of just, yeah, I mean, I don't even, like, I just stay out of it. Like, you know what? It's just not important enough to me right now. I'd rather focus on me and, and, and my work and, and me than, than, you know, going out on a blind date and and having awkward conversation about where you've traveled and where you're going next and all that bullshit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you, you're Uh, spending your time being very meaningful doing other things like all these blogs. You're, I, I, we just learned (laughs) about the comfort zone project, which is another blog. Um, and you're rescuing elephants and taking care of them, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. if you want to well, go ahead, no, go ahead. I, I was just going to ask, I, cause we mentioned it before we recorded, but I mm-hmm. wanted to, you rescued, you had an elephant rescue. Um, was it recently? I've been on two. Um, uh, one was January, 2013. And okay. then one was about three weeks later. Um, the one in January, uh, oh my God, it was almost two years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Um, we just, or lack of just, oh, I know, especially here. Oh my God. I think cause the weather doesn't really change. You're just all of a sudden you're like, it's October. Oh my God. I had no idea. Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> I know. But so Leck had just opened, um, or not open, but had just started to really beef up a uh, project in Cambodia. I'm called Cambodia Wildlife Sanctuary. And we had gone in December 2012 to kind of go research some elephants that she'd wanted to rescue. And she found two trekking elephants that, you know, um, couldn't really trek anymore. So she worked out deals with those owners. And um, with the rescue, she always makes sure that the the price she's going to pay doesn't give the owner enough money to go out and buy another elephant because she doesn't want to continue the cycle. So mm. she found these two elephants, and uh, we flew back out a few weeks later with a whole with a team, and um, drove from Phnom Penh to the Vietnam Lao border, and got these two elephants, um, and drove literally across the entire interior of Cambodia to Siem Reap. Um, oh. It was a gosh, like a full four a.m. to like ten p.m. drive, you know, and it's. Cambodia is not that huge of a country, but you're driving on highways that are dirt roads. With elephants and, in tow. Yeah, wow. with, with two elephants on, in trucks, you know. <laughs> and we're stopping and we're, you know, Lex cutting down banana trees or, you know, we have to eat. And Holy so <laughs> it, it was a very long journey. But, you know, getting to that sanctuary and seeing them step off that truck and walk into that park was probably one of the most magnificent experiences in my life you know I mean I didn't do the rescue but I was I was a part of it I was able to just to witness like these these majestic animals getting like their second lease on life and to me that was just such an amazing experience and then three weeks later we went down to Surin and there was an elephant her name is Lucky and she was a circus elephant around 30 and uh, she had been blinded in both of her eyes by the spotlights and so we uh, are Crew went down there. About ten of us went down there and drove from Surin back up to Chiang Mai and and um, brought her home. Oh, that's to oh, Elephant yeah. Nature Park. That's great. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Where's your documentary? Yeah. Come on. Where is it? <laughs> uh, they have plenty of documentaries on Lack. There's a really good one actually 
by uh, I think it's on Sky Network in Australia, but you can you can watch it online, and it's called The Elephant Whisperer, and she's magnificent. And there's another one that just came out. Um, it's actually what I would recommend to anybody who wants to go, like think about riding an elephant or just supporting elephant tourism in general. And it's called An Elephant Never Forgets, and it's by Groundbreak Films. I think Groundbreak oh. is the name of their company, mm-hmm. and it's a really good video. I do awesome. make a cameo in it, but oh. you know that's it. Nice. <laughs> what? That's yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> so that's you know it's 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 quite eye opening, and it's a really good tool to use for education. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to we'll link up if you can send us the links to those. We'll post them yeah. um, when we post this episode, um, which uh, people for sure people know wtepodcast.com. You can uh, find links to all the bonus, a lot of bonus content things we mentioned in the episode. Um, but yeah, actually, on that note, time does fly, uh, and <laughs> we are coming to the close of this episode. <laughs> and so, uh, I'll ask you a question, Diana. Give us the first okay. answer that pops in your head. Oh God! Okay. What's one thing you'd like to do in your life before you die? Publish a book. Boom! Great. Easy enough. Oh, and <laughs> you're gonna have an audiobook version too. Well, yes, of course I'll have an audiobook. Well, I'm, I'm working on an ebook right now, but I actually I want to publish through through um, a publishing house. I want to I want to publish a book. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have a yeah. and if you go to audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast, you can get a free copy of this audiobook. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, now, I'm that's awesome. That right what, now. What, <laughs> what what is the topic of your book going to be? <laughs> um, well, the one I'm working on right now, it's basically I can't tell you. Uh, okay. It's okay. nonfiction. <laughs> and oh, it's memoirs. not gonna be a big book. It's only it's 50 pages right now, but then my mom sent me 25 pages of edits, so now it's 75 pages, <laughs> not edited. So um, it, it, it's a short one, and it's just uh, it's about living your life. Awesome. For Very you. Cool. Yes. Suspe- leaving us but, in suspense. <laughs> well, yes. When you do have that book, we say. will. Awesome. Well, we'll have to link up to that once you do have it published and ready to go. Um, of course, on both paper and audio is. form. <laughs> yes, I think. Well, audio is so important these days because you know you can listen to it anywhere versus having to like read. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it is nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I do it all the time. I do it all yeah. the time. <laughs> um, Take a walk. Listen to an audio book. Bam. Exactly. Multitasking. Boom. Or walking, yes. the Earth, or walking the Earth podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think you know people yeah. listening to podcasts. It's the similar folks. So anyone's listening to podcasts, you definitely would probably get a good um, experience listening. Same thing as listening to audiobook, really. So, definitely. Yep. I think that's why I think that's why Audible sponsors podcasts because it's kind of like the I, same. It's it's, it's smart. Yeah, yeah, it yeah makes sense. <laughs> so. So um, yeah, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Smoothly integrating that into the show. Diana, though, thank you so much. Thank um, you very much. For coming sure. on the show. Um, your blog, we'll link to all the stuff as I was saying on WTEpodcast.com. Cool. Your blog is dtravelsround.com. You can also find... Um, about the, you can find the Save Elephant Foundation at it's saveelephant.org. That's right. Saveelephant.org. Yep. Cool. Are there any relevant Twitter handles or anything like that we should also mention? Oh, well, uh, my Twitter is dtravelsround, same, same as my blog. Um, Instagram Boom. is the same. Pinterest is the same. Um, <laughs> and Save <laughs> Elephant has an Instagram at Save Elephant Foundation. And we have 
a blog on our website, and we have a Facebook page of the same name, and Twitter is save underscore elephant. Awesome, and we will so post up things. links to. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll organize that and post the links okay. to all those things on the uh, the write up for this episode. So if you go to wtepodcast.com, if you're hearing this, it'll be up. So you can awesome. check out all nice. those links there. Very cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Walking the Earth podcast. This is Justin Castle signing off. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.